has a point, Chase said, casting a rather mournful look over at the pile of chocolates and cardboard still waiting to be turned into elegant table decorations. Griff, I think I speak for everyone here when I say that we, as your fellow firefighters and dearest friends, had greatly anticipated spending the evening before your wedding, toasting your future happiness with your family's finest scotch. Not doing arts and crafts. Are these really necessary? Yes, Griff said amiably. For one thing, this is keeping all you bastards too busy to scheme to get me drunk tonight. Why would we seek to impair your physical state before such an important event? John asked, bewildered, as Chase and Hughes spluttered in protest. I know ye wouldn't, Griff bumped John's shoulder with his own affectionately. But trust me. It's another inexplicable human custom for the groom's friends to try to ensure he's nursing a hangover down the aisle. Hugh glared at Chase. I told you he'd spot your scheme and find a way to avoid it. I have no idea what you're talking about, Chase said with great dignity. And in any case, it was your idea in the first place. So you do not truly require these items, Oath Brother? This was just a diversionary tactic. John dropped the box he'd been unsuccessfully trying to fold, a wave of relief sweeping over him. I must admit, that makes much more sense. I could not believe that even humans were peculiar enough to have a tradition of giving uselessly tiny portions of foodstuffs to guests as gifts after the end of a meal. Griff's mouth quirked up. Ach, no. Actually, that is a real tradition. And I do genuinely need these. Haley saw them at a wedding fair and loved them but ended up deciding they were too expensive, so I thought I'd surprise her, which means I really do need help. Tempted as I am to leave you to deal with the consequences of your too clever scheme, Connie would never let me live it down if I abandoned these half-finished. She's taken her role as matron of honour rather seriously. Chase let out a long-suffering sigh, picking up another box. The things we do for our mates. The things you, poor sods, do for your mates, Hugh corrected, pushing his chair back from the table. This just makes me hope even more fervently that I never meet mine. Come on, John, let's go get a drink. Yes, whined John's inner human. This is a boring, pointless task. We aren't even any good at it. No one would mind if we went and enjoyed ourselves. With the ease of long practice, John suppressed his inner human's whispers. No matter the soft two-legged creature that shared his soul, he was a sea dragon. He was above such selfish, hedonistic instincts. He lifted his chin. I cannot abandon my oath, brother, in his hour of need. You must go if you feel so moved, but I shall stay until the bitter end. Hugh looked hard at him for a moment, 
then dropped back into his chair with a groan. For someone who claims to be honor-bound to only tell the truth, you are suspiciously good at manipulating people. No wonder the weather does what you tell it to do. I do not manipulate either water or people, John said truthfully. I simply speak. It is up to the listener to decide what to do in response. I should have managed to inoculate myself against your more noble-than-thou attitude by now. Despite his surly words, Hugh picked up another flower and started to weave it into the next box. You're a bloody bad influence, you know that? Truly, you don't need to stay and help with this, John, Griff said. He jerked a thumb at Chase and Hugh. He may need to keep these reprobates out of trouble.